And welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Archija, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to talk about a small movie. You may have not heard of it. I'm sure they didn't find out about it until recently. I thought you were, I didn't know if you were joking or not just now. But I guess that, that isn't a joke because, I mean, to, I guess to a, a large population, this is kind of a small movie for them. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was just being a piece of shit because you've been talking about this movie since like episode 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess a lot of people don't know about this movie. We're yeah. talking about Jackie Brown, mm-hmm, by the way, mm-hmm. by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Fucking you know, delicious movie. What I, what I re- well, we're not going to get into that right now, you know, because right. I'm ready to dive this yeah, he shit is. in. He has been waiting a couple of 40, maybe 40 weeks. <laughs> since, since the day that I met you. <laughs> Like literally yeah, right. since day one, it was like, "What do you like?" You know, like, "What do you like?" What do you like? And then we we're vibing on that. Be like, "I like Tarantino." I, I like, like Tarantino. Tarantino. <laughs> you like, should what? watch Jackie Brown. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's do the condiments, the ketchup, the mustard, yeah. the relish, whatever the fuck you fancy. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's up with you? Uh, I seen the presidential debate. The oh, debate. oh, fucking that disaster! That was amazing. <laughs> It was amazing. It was the best piece of television that I got this entire week. Now, if you can just like separate yourself from the fact that one of these two imbeciles are going to be running like the the entire free world, like separate yourself from from that and just enjoy it as comedic gold on the television. (laughs) Like what what they did, what they did this past week is so much better than anything that Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, or anybody at Saturday Night Live is going to be able to do. The sad part about that is that it's hilarious when you're watching it and then you stop watching and you go like, oh, This is real. (laughs) (laughs) Those weren't written. Those were people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Listen, my favorite thing about the I didn't see the presidential debate. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't watch it. My favorite thing is like 20 minutes after the debate started, just Facebook memes, just memes. Yes. Memes out the ass. Yeah. It is amazing that people, determination that people have to make fun of other people. It's a beautiful fucking thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was I was doing both. I was going in on both of them, and not not only both of them, the moderator as well. Like everybody was getting some, because like when when Obama was going up against Mitt Romney mm-hmm. at the time, they had a, a good moderator to where it's uh, if Mitt Romney was just going off and talking for too long, he'd be like, here, shut that shit down. Right. With yeah. this moderator, Which is what you're supposed to do. exactly. But this moderator, Donald Trump, just talks over him. Like, Mr. Trump, you have 20 seconds. He doesn't give a shit about that. He continues to talk the entire time as Hillary's like standing there waiting patiently for her time to talk. Right. So then as, as soon as it's her time to talk then trump is like nope wrong 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 nope nope <laughs> like the whole time. so she doesn't even get to and talk. then sniffing just yes the entire oh, time oh, i yeah. felt so bad for everyone watching that there yeah. was a super cut of every donald trump sniffle on yeah. facebook yeah. i couldn't get past 10 seconds wait till wait till saturday night live has him like snorting up cocaine because that's that's what it's gonna be is because i mean he's sitting there yelling with a bright red face and sniffling every 10 seconds they're just gonna have him doing blow off the podium absolutely <laughs> just a huge pile of coke like Scarface bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that shit was funny. It was. It was. Wild. He was like uh, talking about having a plan to to save America, but I'm like, bro, like your hairline is jacked. Not that those two things have anything to do with each other, but how you how you got a plan to save America when you ain't got a plan to save your own goddamn hairline? <laughs> <laughs> you know, LeBron James fixed his hairline in five years. <laughs> five years it took him. LeBron James saw a problem. And he fucking solved it. <laughs> he did. What are you doing, you fucking orange cheetah? <laughs> what the fuck, the, Donald? Like, yeah. I, I gotta. I gotta give shout out to hillary for one joke that she did mm. uh trump said uh something about having multiple businesses or oh, writing yeah. multiple books mm-hmm. and hillary was like oh you wrote a couple of books too mm-hmm. bad they all ended in chapter 11 oh, and <laughs> for those of you that don't know chapter 11 is when a company declares bankruptcy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trump has had like 14 companies they've all declared bankruptcy oh yeah that's his thing. that shit was like hillary 
yeah. I I don't like her policies, but just for that, you get like extra points for that shit. Yeah, that she got some funny. cool points on that. That was fun. And fucking. Can I just mention one thing completely unrelated? Yeah. The last two episodes that we've done, we've had a guest. Yep. And it feels very quiet in here right now. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, because I just I just expect, I keep looking over to my dog. Yeah. Because he's sitting where the other <laughs> guest is. And I keep expecting him to fucking chime in with something. Yeah, he has nothing to say. Like, no, no, he's <laughs> just, that he is scratching his ear right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we had uh, with Jonathan on two weeks ago, and uh, Lauren was on last week, so yep. yeah. Hmm. So it, it feels weird not having a third person here now. Yeah. Um, Here's a thing that I've been struggling with all week, because mm. we, it's our week off from school. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do with free time. I, really? I, I can't handle free time. Hmm. I've been going fucking insane for the last four days. <laughs> hmm. I just, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like I was sitting on Monday. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I got some free time. I'm yep. going to sit here. And then I hit up like a couple of my friends. They're all busy. So yep. I'm just sitting in my room lonely hmm. and just like trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. An hour goes by. I'm fine. Two hours go by. It's like, man, I'm really bored. Three hours go by. I should play some Overwatch. Four hours go by. What the fuck? Yeah just yeah. insane it's mm-hmm. just insane the amount of time that i have and i've just been sitting in my desk like either reading or playing overwatch and just slowly losing my goddamn fucking mind i don't feel like there's ever enough time like whenever i do have that free time mm-hmm. then i go i go see my best friends netflix. right yeah that's what i do too no 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 my, my, my best friends are netflix oh, hulu oh. amazon Prime. <laughs> it's like they give me comfort so if i have like 12 <laughs> hours to like sit in a dark room and just watch stuff all day like that those are my best friends they give me comfort <laughs> absolutely that's what I, that's what i try to do yeah. but for some reason i feel like i should be working yeah because i don't know how not to be working on yep. like other stupid things yep so this week I I made a I fixed the logo for the podcast. Hell yeah, you did. And like I was trying to come up with animations to see make sure I I could I just don't know what to do with free time, man. It looks nice. That uh, that, that new animation looks nice. I really dig it. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. But it's just like fucking free time. I don't know what to do with it. I yeah. don't know what to do with it. It upsets me. There was something that me and my um I don't know if I'll be able to articulate it correctly because mm-hmm. um it was just something we were talking about on the whim. But um we were talking about with age, experience, and um. How really, as you get older, you're able to um, manipulate time right. a lot easier and manipulate the things that are around you. And that's mm-hmm. going to go into the Jackie Brown Absolutely. later. But uh, manipulating time and manipulating the things around you. For example, like um, say a video game. Mm-hmm. If um, if you played a video game the very first day, you're like, what the fuck? Like you can't get around. Like it's, it's difficult. Right. You know, it's just it's always a problem. But then after you've played this game for a year, two years, three years, like the thing that was difficult back then is just one p- a flick of a, a button, <laughs> you yeah. know, and you're there. And then everybody else is just now picking the game up they're like what the fuck how did you get to that you know or, or like uh with uh with photoshop and premiere mm-hmm. it's like you've lived with it it's not even like you're spending uh morning day and night all right. on premiere and photoshop but you've lived with it for a year yeah you know or, or longer actually you know mm-hmm. but and then somebody like me i'll get on there and i'm familiar with it but i'll look at you and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> you know so that's that's where I'm, I'm like looking at life right now it's like to where I can do a lot more things in a shorter amount of time right. just from life experience. And I'm enjoying it. I, I, I think it's interesting that you're like almost 10 years older than me. Yeah. Because I, every time that I complain about something, I can see the contrast of going like, oh, dude, I remember when I was there. Oh, yeah. You're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And I was there, I'm here like, ah! <laughs> yeah. It's funny to me. That, 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 that's why I like having older friends. This Man, I, I, talk, I told Tessa, I was telling <laughs> Tessa about this, my girlfriend, yeah. and how much of myself that i see in you at that age really and like a lot a lot more like a lot better i mean it's just 
and a lot of the things it's like you'll ask me about something or you'll be experiencing something and then i'll just mm-hmm. like have to not say anything yeah. and the uh, the reason why i guess i guess a good analogy i could think of is like say um say you can go back to the past mm-hmm. and you can stop an action that's about to happen say someone is about to blow all their money on something that they think is a really good idea but it's not and it's not but <laughs> and you go back to the past and you stop them from doing it mm-hmm. but in reality they don't learn anything and then in the future they ended up fucked up in anyway yeah you know? right they fuck up eventually they will the, fuck they up. do have that fuck up they have to go through it and experience it and live it mm-hmm. so i mean it's like when i think about like i can't just like interject into your life and put my experience into yours because it'll yeah. fix that one situation right now you know but then next year or the year later that thing is still there yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely I, I think that's a really good way of thinking that's a really yeah. funny way of thinking about it because yeah. for me all i see is you in the back of like when i'm about to do something and you know it's like, like go well. end up. <laughs> yeah. i just pictured you in the back going like he's gonna he's gonna fuck up <laughs> he's gonna do it and i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna laugh because yeah. there's nothing yeah. I can that's, do that's all i can do and, and, be, and be here you know and and be here and then after i do it you're just like dude i fucking told you and you're yeah. just like i i guess you did man i yeah. guess you fucking did yeah uh, uh, time is bullshit. Time is. is time is such fucking bullshit. I agree. <laughs> I've like, it's been, it's Thursday right now. Yep. Monday I was losing my mind, which yep. means I've had four days of nothing. <laughs> four days of nothing. Yeah. I'm so ready for school to start back up again, mm-hmm. just because I don't. I I need something to do. Mm-hmm. I need, I'm so happy that it's Thursday right now. Okay. Just because I'm losing my goddamn mind. Fuck just, that. It's awful. <laughs> And like, like it's, I need to learn how to relax. I need to learn how to sit down and be able to relax yeah. and have a fucking beer yeah. and watch something on stupid on Hulu. Also, like just being like the master of your own time. Yeah, you know, like and as opposed to like, oh well, the structure has already been made for me. I have to go to school within within these hours. I have to go to work within these hours. Right. You know, when all of those parameters are gone, then you kind of have to structure yourself. But like, okay, well, I'm gonna watch TV for two hours. I'm gonna go masturbate for half an hour i'm oh, gonna yeah. do this you know i've like, masturbated yeah. so much in the last four days no, that's, that's insane hell yeah it's it's, it's a problem it's not a problem <laughs> that is not a problem it's definitely not Mm-mm. um it's just uh, fucking i need to learn how to be the master of my own time because yeah. every, every every day i wake up I'm like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing today any of the fucking you want inside. to it kills anything me. yeah um but that being said you know how uh another thing i was diagnosed with diabetes recently yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't know whether it's type 2 or type 1. We're still fucking figuring that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's two things about having diabetes that I've discovered that are really, really annoying. Yeah. Uh, one, it's, it's an inconvenient disease. There's no yeah. way to get around it. Mm-hmm. It's a part, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't really make you feel sick. Yeah. Your blood sugar is just high most of the time. Yeah. But fuck me, it's inconvenient. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. If you're not home to get your injection, you better brought it with you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you might die in the next two hours. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just, I just want to not just, I'm injecting myself and I go to like fucking school and I go like, ah, fuck, I, I can't eat carbs today because yeah. I'll die if I eat more carbs. Yeah. And it's just, uh, just so inconvenient. And I went to my doctor and he said, I don't know what the fuck you have. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do more tests. He's like, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> what are you asking me for? I'm like, <laughs> you're coming to me it's with this shit. a fucking endocrinologist. Yeah. And I go into the office and he looks at the results and I was like, who the fuck said this is type two? I don't know what the fuck you have. <laughs> <laughs> so he like changed my diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to do more tests to yeah. figure out what the hell you have. Mm. And if we don't figure it out, then we are going to send you to a genetic consultant because mm. we don't know what the fuck is wrong. Yeah. And your genes are probably tell us more about it than anything else yes so i'm waiting for fucking tests to so, find out if i have type one or type two diabetes. so they're saying that we don't know what the fuck is going on but in the meantime i want you to pretend like we do exactly <laughs> that's exactly what's happening 
Because not only did he say, like, listen, you might have type 1 and you might have type <laughs> 2. Maybe. Or you might have a type of diabetes that's essentially type 1.5, mm. which looks like type 2 diabetes, but it's actually type 1 diabetes. Mm. And in which case, if that's the thing, we don't know what the fuck until we do a genetic <laughs> test. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck are you for? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty insane. Fucking so. In the meantime, he gave me like, listen, here's some correctional insulin. Yeah. If your blood sugar gets below like above 150, yeah. Just stick yourself with this bullshit. Mm. You'll be fine. Nice. Until we figure out what the fuck is happening. How does that feel? What does it feel like? Uh, no, here's, okay. Here's a fucking thing. I haven't had the chance to fucking try it. Oh yeah. Because I went to Walmart to pick up my prescription, mm. and the guy goes like, "Yeah, your doctor didn't put the maximum dosage that you can take on a daily basis. So you just get nothing then. So I can't fill it. <laughs> so you get nothing." <laughs> so yeah. I'm at Walmart and I'm going like I, I just I just want to not die I just want to be able to eat a fucking piece of cake and not die yeah just it's a sliding scale if I'm if I like if I have 200 I put 50 of them yeah I know what the measure is I'm not gonna owe the on insulin mm -hmm. just let me have the fucking insulin yeah and I was like I can't I can't I gotta I gotta call the so I gotta call the fucking doctor now mm -hmm. and my doctor has to be like Oh, yes. No, 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 no. It's, it's fine. Yeah. For like three seconds, and I have to wait 48 hours for this bullshit to happen. Hmm. So I can have like fucking correctional insulin that won't. Is there any way for me to possibly abuse the insulin? Like, say me that, that like my pancreas is doing yeah. all right. Could I just go ahead and like eat nothing but birthday cake and ice cream, take some of your insulin shots, and, <laughs> and I'm right back in the game? <laughs> you know I don't know how that would work, but you know. I do not think it works that way. No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, it, that is an inconvenience, it's though. It's fucking, like, just the last two days with diabetes, I've just mm. been like, I just want my medicine. Yeah. Just give me my medicine so I can eat a bullshit piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. yeah. I'm stressed. I have a lot of energy pent up. Nowhere to release it. So this is where all of this is coming from. No, I understand. Anyway. Uh, well, well, I don't, but I'm yeah, trying to. <laughs> yeah. I sympathize. I can't empathize. So, but yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only, only other things I've done this week. Yeah. I watched, um, there was a show called Entourage, uh, mm -hmm. back in the day, uh, yeah. with, um, the producer was a Matt Damon. Remember that? Yeah. Matt producer Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I absolutely know that show. It's pretty yep. good. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was. I've heard it's pretty good. I it, it, it was, it was. Um, but yeah, um, Matt Damon, he actually comes on the show and he talks about, um, shoot, I guess you can't make that joke because the Wahlburger thing. You know? Right. <laughs> the Wahlburger. He's called Damon. Matt the, Wahlburger. The, the, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but, but, but anyway, you have Mark Wahlberg <laughs> <laughs> is uh, the producer of Entourage, the television show, right. really, really good television Wasn't show. Wasn't he in the show too? Um, he would make cameos every now okay. and again, but um, it's supposed to be loosely based on his life with his friends, okay. and then they made a movie about it, and the movie was not bad. Not really? Not good. <laughs> but no. not bad <laughs> it's like I'm not I'm not telling anybody that's not exposed to the television show Entourage this is not your movie the movie you know, was pretty recent though was it, it was like, two, uh, like two, last year two years, years ago okay. yeah two three yeah yeah but I've seen that, and um, other than that, it's just me being like super jealous of my girlfriend. Oh, She's watching Twin Peaks because uh, David Lynch is releasing a new season of Twin Peaks, yep. and with the original cast too, I think. I, I, I believe. Yeah. You know, but um, she's watching uh, season one and season two. I've only seen a couple of episodes of season one. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm feeling like she thinks she's better than me. She's not voicing it. 
<laughs> that she thinks that, but she's continuing to watch it. <laughs> I listen. I I think I got I got to break something down to you. Mm-hmm. She's you're just projecting. You don't think it's about me at all. No, I I don't. I just think it's it's you having a big ego. <laughs> you you you, you think you think it's just that she's enjoying a television show that she likes. It is not about being better than me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're wrong. That makes no sense, right? What the fuck is that bullshit? Completely off base. Nope. <laughs> I really want to catch up on Twin Peaks. I, I yeah. watched I watched like six episodes of the first season. That mm. shit was dope. It is. Like, I don't know if I can watch it now, though. Like, maybe back then I could have, but like, it's so soap opera-y. Like, it goes from something completely nonsensical and insane, like funny type, you know, like you know, David Lynch it's type of humor. It's very Lynchian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it goes from like the dark, um, like uh, soap opera music that's playing in the background. Everything's just so. It's, it is full on cheese. It so is cheese. cheese. It's heavy, dramatic, then heavy, David Lynch, obscure, weird type stuff. And the, there's one funny thing about the main characters. Mm-hmm. They're all like stone cold. They have no emotion. When no they emotion. Talk. It's very fucking. It's like, this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. And this is what already happened. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I, I like it. It's definitely weird to get into. I don't think I could watch more than three episodes in one setting. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that show. But I, fucking Twin Peaks 2016, 2017, I'm it's into coming that. coming back. Uh, is there anything else uh, that you've been watching? Not really. I, I want to give a shout out to Broad City. Broad City, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was with Justine yesterday and mm-hmm. I was watching Broad City. Yeah. And show's fucking funny. Yes, it's, man. It's really funny. That was like, I think that was like early on, like one of the biggest promotional <laughs> like things early on. Uh, Abby and uh, Juliana Glaze. Uh, Ileana. Ab- Abby and Ileana. There we mm-hmm. go, yeah. They're, they're fucking funny. They're, yeah. It's really, really good show. Yeah. Uh, I think there was one scene when she was like, and then the rabbi comes in and then he bites a baby dick and then he literally sucks the baby dick. And Abby's like, what are you talking about? Literally Judaism. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> fucking killed me. Uh, yeah. That was when I subscribed to the show. That's all I've been watching. I've been dealing with diabetes, and I'm upset, and I'm angry because I don't. Ha- I have a lot of free time. Yeah, I'm going insane, dude. Listen, Broad City is getting you through diabetes. Like we should I- like write in. <laughs> 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 Abby and Eliana, you got me through my diabetes. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be fuck. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going a little over time, and I'm going to talk about motherfucking Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. which is... Oh, and then it's Jackie Brown. It's Jackie Brown? Yeah. It's the music. And welcome back. We are... This is the... We're, t- we're going to talk about Jackie Brown. Yeah. It's just... This, uh, yeah. It's been a while since I've like done this without having someone else, so I'm like a little fucked up. <laughs> just... <Yeah. laughs> Jackie Brown, let's Jackie do Brown. the rundown. Uh, the rundown on Jackie Brown: uh, When a flight attendant, when flight attendant Jackie Brown is busted smuggling money for her arms dealer boss Ordell Robbie, played by Samuel L. Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. Agent Ray Nicolette, played by um, Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. wants her to help bring down Robbie. Facing jail time for her silence or death for her cooperation, Brown decides instead to double cross both parties and make off with the smuggled money. Meanwhile, she enlists the helps the help of bondsman Max Cherry, a man who loves her. It's written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Right. It's adapted from the novel um, by uh, Elmore Leonard. It, it stars Pam Greer. You guys might know her from uh, Foxy Brown. But she in the seventies, she did like all the black exploitation movies. So I mean, as far as black culture, mm-hmm. she's um, like Holly Berry before Holly Berry. Like, like really, like she's she's bigger. Like putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she, she's bigger than Holly Berry mm-hmm. in, like, black culture. You know, uh, Holly Berry is kind of like the cross-culture type person right. now. But, uh, but yeah, Pam, she's... Can I, Pam Gure did a fucking phenomenal job in this movie. I yes. fucking loved her. She Every second so she experience. was on camera, I loved her. Yeah. 
like my my dad whole family like all the men in my family like were just obsessed it was just they 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 loved her growing from up women. but uh pam greer uh you know from foxy brown mm-hmm. samuel L. jackson you'll know him from everything ever <laughs> <laughs> he's the black guy in every movie <laughs> in every movie <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, uh, Robert Foster, he plays Max Cherry. Uh, you'll know him. You might. We just seen him recently in uh, Mulholland Drive. He was oh, a really? detective in that. Yeah. Oh fuck. And uh, he was also in Me Myself and Irene as a police officer. Huh. Uh, Bridget Fonda is in there. She's the one that plays. Um, is her name Melissa or Melanie? Mel- Melanie. Melanie. She plays Melanie. Uh, Michael Keaton. He plays um, Batman. <laughs> in this movie <laughs> he plays an officer uh, Michael Keaton and funny, funnily enough I was doing the research uh, looking back and Michael Keaton begged um, Tarantino not to put him in the movie he was really? like I don't fit this is not my kind of movie I don't fit he did fit. a great job fit. though and he did an amazing yeah, he was, job he was pretty fucking good he did uh, Rob- it was weird because Michael Keaton has a face mm-hmm. that is it's Michael Keaton yep. like it's not like Johnny Depp but he can disguise himself in mm-hmm. movies it's like, do you see Michael Keaton? That's fucking that's, Michael that's Keaton. That's not anybody else. So it was a little jarring to is see that, Michael Keaton? That might, it might be Kiefer Sutherland. It might be Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> 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 you say Michael Keaton, but it might be Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> they, uh, they can't I, have that face. They can't have the face. <laughs> <laughs> I love to but, see. Is that Michael Keaton or Keeper Sutherland? Who the fuck is it? <laughs> but, yeah, but Michael Keaton, you can definitely know he's Michael Keaton, and yeah. you like associate him with everything that you've watched him in before. Yeah. So it was weird because I the only Michael Keaton that I've really seen lately has been like uh, Spotlight, Robocop. Birdman, mm-hmm. uh, that Michael Keaton, and then mm-hmm. I saw like young ass Michael Keaton. I was like, what the fuck is Michael Keaton doing in this movie? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, my, Michael Keaton, uh, Robert De Niro. I really fucking love Robert De Niro yes. in this movie. And then this, this is what, oh, and, then the, and last but not least, Chris Tucker is in it as well. Right. But the fact that Robert De Niro was is in this movie and has a, a pretty big role, it was always weird to me that you know for the past ten years and me trying to put everybody on Jackie Brown, mm-hmm. that at least when I said the name Robert De Niro and Quentin Tarantino, that would just shut it all down right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but like looking back on it, like last night, I had to think about it again. But like, who is this movie for? You know, like like some like when you uh, you texted me last night, you were like, um, "Who was the chick playing the lead?" I'm like, uh, "Pam Greer, Foxy mm-hmm. Brown." But like right. for me and like my family, my culture, like mm-hmm. everybody knows who that is. Right. You know, so if you're selling the movie with her as the lead, then that's the demographic. But the same people that like that don't give a fuck about Robert De Niro. <laughs> I, I think that I think that's where this movie does a really fascinating thing because it has uh, it has Pam Greer, Samuel L. Jackson, and Robert De Niro. Yeah, and they're all three really big star powers. Yeah. So if they wanted to, mar- to market the movie for a specific demographic, they'd focus on Norbert De Niro. Yeah. They wanted to market to the black community, they focus on Pam Gere or Samuel That's Jackson. Awesome. Yeah. So like they had enough diverse star power so to be much. like, hey, this movie is for like everyone. Everybody, dude. yeah. And it's it. I I really couldn't. The movie didn't have a feel of like, oh, this is obviously for black people. Mm-hmm. This is obviously for white people. Yeah. It was a very good, just diverse. Yes. Fucking like every character felt fully fleshed out. Yep. There was like no barrier of color apart from like when it was used to be funny. Yeah, yeah. And I think the movie did a great job at keeping itself. Yes. Uh, sort of centering the black community while mm-hmm. still being respectful to it and being fucking funny. Yeah, and authentic to it. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely. I, I did have to turn the. I watched everything with subtitles. Mm-hmm. I had to turn the subtitles off of this movie. Just because, Why? like, I don't know if it was the same on yours as on mine, but you know, Samuel Jackson says "nigga" the whole time through the movie. Oh, they they put it the, they, the, the ER, ER. Yeah. yeah, every time, and I was I couldn't sit there and look at "nigger" over and over and over <laughs> again. 
It was, yeah. It, it was, was bothering <laughs> me too. Yeah. But I have to keep the subtitles on because I don't understand the half the things that yeah. Samuel Jackson the says. The lingo type stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the movie. Uh, one quick uh, thing Robert Ebert said about the movie. Mm-hmm. He said, this is a movie that proves Tarantino is the real thing and not just a two-film Wonder Boy. It's, it's not a retread of Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction, but a new film and a new style. This was a post-Pulp Fiction. Yep, right, right after. The third movie. Third movie, yeah. Uh, you can definitely see... That it's a it's a totally different avenue for Tarantino. It wasn't yeah. anything like Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. No. I can totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But I could see trails of things that he learned in Pulp Fiction. Yes. And oh, yeah. and, and and Jackie Brown. Yeah. And I really really enjoyed. Um, for example, messing with time. Yeah. Time in this movie. Did you see the hip hop montage in there? I think the, I did. There was yeah. it was it was a closer to the end where um where Pam Greer she's going to see Ordell and, mm-hmm. and Melanie and everybody's inside the uh, the, the house mm-hmm. and um what she does she she buzzes the door like it's Melanie then knock knock oh knock. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I forgot that it was called the hip hop montage yeah that was one of my favorite sequence of shots yeah. in the movie that shit was dope <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Brown dung dung she's in in the like yeah it's it I here's something that I learned about Tarantino and it's it's going to sound shitty because I'm going to be giving less credit to Tarantino for this and more credit to his editor. Mm. Um, deservingly so. Yeah, deservingly so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tarantino, he's a great director and he does all of these great things. Yeah. But his movies wouldn't be nearly half as good if it wasn't for the editor he had. Sure wouldn't. If, if, if I forgot her name. I can't remember her name um, either. She died uh, a few years ago in Los before Angeles. Before Django. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, we lost a great editor in the film industry. Yeah. But Tarantino's movies really wouldn't even hold that much power if it wasn't for the editing. No. The reason I enjoy them so much is because of how they mess with time, how yeah. they tell different stories yep. via different angles, how they approach the same situation four times, yeah. and every time it feels like a new situation. It's fucking fascinating. It is. And that's what I like about Tarantino movies. Mm-hmm. It's the dialogue and the way that they edit them. Yes. So, like, I guess I got to give equal credit to both Tarantino and the editor. This this is one of the movies I, I wrote a point down that he was able to move the plot along with dialogue and keep it entertaining. Absolutely. You know, and that's something that people had a problem with in a movie called Four Rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the dialogue, but the plot isn't really moving anywhere. But you have all this talky, talky, talky or right. in the Hateful Eight where it was just so dialogue heavy. And I guess that uh, throws some people off. It was yeah. just like lingering too long. Yeah, yeah. Four Rooms I didn't like. That's the only Tarantino yeah. movie I don't like. Yeah. I mean, I loved him, Roth, but ugh, yeah, fucking yeah. hate that movie. Quick, quick thing: who who do you believe has been in more Tarantino movies, Tim Roth or Samuel L. Jackson? Has to be Samuel. Mm. We'll look that up and we'll have the answer uh, to yeah, you. Yeah, no, at the end no of the show. it has to be Samuel. <laughs> you think? Because uh, Tim Roth has been in Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. He wasn't in Pulp Fiction. He wasn't Pulp Fiction. He wasn't Pulp Fiction. He was. I looked that shit up last night. I don't know. The, the question I posed the question to uh, Tesla last night, so I had to look it up, and then I seen uh, Tim Roth was in so much shit. No, oh, okay, well, fuck me. I guess I'm wrong on that one. I mean, I don't, I don't know yeah. the final numbers either. We'll so find it out. We will find it out and have it to you at the end of the show. Um, but back to the time thing, because you mentioned mm-hmm. that the, I'm, I'm glad that you also noticed the bullshit with time. Yeah. Because most times I watch a movie with people, they're like, oh, I don't know about editing. What yeah, the fuck is yeah, editing? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's, it's for me, it just happened. Yeah. It's like no, Tarantino, like expertise, like expertly crafted scenes together that happen in different times yeah. and flashback to the same story literally seconds after the story ended yeah. and it never felt fucking boring. No. Like there's one scene where Jackie, we have a dialogue scene with Jackie Brown and Ray mm. and then the the scene dissolves into her telling the story to I think Ordell mm. or someone else Yeah. 
and then she says one thing to Wardell, and then the story flashes back to the yes. same conversation that they were having. Yeah. Which, holy fuck, because uh, we think something's happening in real time. Yeah. And then they go like, oh, no, she's telling this story, and now we're going back to the story. Yeah. It's like, well, what the fuck is happening? You don't know what real time is happening in the movie? Yeah. It's a little bit disorienting, but it helps with how she's going to pull everything off together in the end. Yeah. It was... I, 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 I got to tell you my favorite mm. shot from Tarantino, and this didn't even connect with me, you mm -hmm. know, because the last time I watched it was before, like right when we started film school, right. you know. So now looking at it now, it's like holy shit, Tarantino, bro. But um, <laughs> all right, so um, when when uh, when Max Cherry mm -hmm. picks um, picks Jackie Brown up from the uh, from the jail, mm -hmm. and he's bringing her back to her, to his house. And Jackie Brown goes back to her home, right. and uh, Samuel L. Jackson Ordale comes to the house. Right now, we've already seen uh, what happened before with with Beaumont. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we know what's about to happen here. And you know, what? I'm going to backtrack it a little bit more. Who is yeah. your favorite character in this movie? Uh, that's such a hard question. Yeah, because I, on one hand, I legitimately really, really loved Jackie Brown. Mm -hmm. But De Niro made me laugh the most. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So All for right. me, it's, it's a toss-up between Jackie Brown and De Niro for entirely different reasons. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Jackie Brown, fantastic lead, badass female character that took no bullshit from anyone. Yeah. Uh, portrayed perfectly by Pam Greer. I mean, was, yeah. Fucking Christ, great job. Oh, yeah. But Robert De Niro was kind of like, just like high and awkward the entire movie. Yeah. He barely said a word. Mm -hmm. And every time that he... <laughs> Most of the times that he talked, he had the classic De Niro scouts. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm in this movie. I'm getting paid. I'm just getting high. I'm Robert De Niro. Yeah. Uh, so every time that he like he was in frame, he was just kind of doing that face. Yeah. Until right when the heist happened or when the, the money exchange happened. Mm. And I thought it was such a funny comic relief that was, was. really, really subtle. They even had the other uh, one, the uh, which was saying the uh, the money exchange. <laughs> like he, he shows the, um, the black screen that says money exchange. Then you see 15 minutes of uh, dialogue talking. Then uh, money exchange for, for real, real this time. <laughs> For real this time. <laughs> this the title slates were some of the things that made me laugh the most in this movie too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, for yeah. real. Like money exchange, trial run. Mm -hmm. Money exchange. Change. For real though. This time for real. <laughs> <laughs> I know it said last time was a money exchange, but no, this, this is, time for real. I like a movie that knows that it's a movie. Yeah. I like a movie that can be funny within its own universe. Definitely. And Jackie Brown did that. I mean, Jackie Brown was so funny. This this is a rare movie where I don't have a favorite character. Really? Yeah, because um like say uh, what's the movie we were watching? Um with uh, not J.K. Simmons, shoot, tall, uh, John Malkovich. John Malkovich. We being John, John Malkovich? Yeah, being John Malkovich. And I could easily identify my favorite character, you know, being the right. lead female character. Because I'm like, she already has her shit together. She feels like she's the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. And this other character is really trying to learn, you know. Right. I really side with an antagonist more so than a protagonist. Mm -hmm. And in this, in this film, every single character feel is smart. Every character is smart. Right. And they feel like they're the smartest person in the room. Every time, <laughs> every person believes that they're smart enough to manipulate the person that's around them. Mm -hmm. Even with um, with the obvious um, when the the two the, the ATF played by uh, Ray Nicolette, mm -hmm. you know, and then it's his partner when they, they they get Jackie Brown inside the parking parking lot, mm -hmm. and they do an obvious good cop bad cop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like so blatantly obvious. <laughs> I'm gonna be super mean. But like, oh, you know what? Just I'll, just let him check the bag, you and see? then I'll stand here and make sure that he doesn't steal anything out of it. You know, and it's and just, Jackie Brown's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Exactly. It's like they're they're insulting her intelligence as if she doesn't get that right. we're just running game on you to get what we want. And in her mind, it's like, no, I'm much smarter than what you're trying to do to me right now. I'm three steps past that. Can we get through that and yeah. you know move on? So in like just every single character, or with um 
with Melanie. Mm-hmm. She believes she's smarter than Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, you I know. hate her. <laughs> she, God like, damn even it. her, like she she has like random facts about um, how you can get higher by coughing mm-hmm. and um, making a plan to steal the money Make from. Make sure capillaries from... expand, man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Melanie. <laughs> you know, she 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 has a plan to uh, to steal to steal Samuel L. Jackson's money once he gets it back, and mm-hmm. she she's telling Robert De Niro how he's a ditz and a dumb person, and like, like maybe he has a little street smarts, but I'm smarter than him. You know, and Robert De Niro is sitting there thinking to himself, you know, that well, I'm smarter than this bitch, and Samuel L. Jackson is a, a has a loose trigger finger. You know, yeah. it's like I'm smarter than him too until he's killed. <laughs> you know, it's like every single person feels like they have the upper hand. In reality, I feel like the person that had the ultimate upper hand was Max Cherry. Yep. You know, like um, he he comes to a conclusion at one point in the mall where he puts all the story together, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, it could work." and one of my favorite lines if i can find it he's like a um a good good police officer oh he's like you know a good cop would never let you know that he knows you're full of shit right yeah (laughs) that was a that was a i love all the dialogue scenes the dialogue shots in this scene in this movie are so good hell yeah um some of them are weird some of them are admittedly weird shots like he's doing a he's doing a fucking oh head and shoulders shot of mm. Jackie Brown and Max Sherry going shot, reverse shot. Yeah. And then for like two seconds, he switches to a wide shot. They say one thing and then he's back over the yeah. the head and shoulder shot, which I'm guessing happened because they, they ran out of shots in head and shoulder. I, I was thinking maybe it had something to do with the cigarette props that they were using. Maybe. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm constantly looking at like, okay, he mm-hmm. just lit the cigarette. Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. How for, how much is the cigarette burned down now? Oh, and then yeah, doing yeah, an yeah. extreme close-up to where you don't see the cigarette anymore and then a wide to where he's putting it out. And I was like, okay, I can... Give that makes sense. You can get a, so there were there were certainly like a couple of weird editing choices in yeah. the dialogue scenes, yeah. but for me it didn't fuck up anything because for me the rhythm wasn't in what the dialogue matched the rhythm of the cuts. Yeah. So it was like someone said something, someone reacted, someone said something, someone reacted, someone mm-hmm. didn't react. Wide shot, both of them react. Yeah. And it felt very sort of snappy and very quick and purposeful. Yeah. Which I really really like because the thing I hate the most in movies now is like dialogue that just kind of like lingers yeah. for fucking ever. Yeah. It's like say your thing. Get the fuck out. We got a movie to do. <laughs> I, I really, I really got a new appreciation for his introduction of characters, and now I'm seeing it in every movie that he does. He huh. introduces his characters in a unique way. Also, and um, and this one, he starts off where there's um, is Robert De Niro and Samuel L. Jackson. They're just sitting, and, and it's a medium shot. And mm-hmm. They're just sitting on the couch and talking. The camera does not move at all through this conversation, and just giving you some insight into who Samuel L. Jackson is. He's telling about his gun running trade, right. and uh, Robert De Niro is still just sitting there listening to it. We don't get his backstory until the middle end of the movie right. that he just got out of jail and yada 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 mm-hmm. you know so while we're focusing on that uh, Samuel L. Jackson runs out of liquor from his drink and he was like hey babe could you get me something to drink and then you just see legs walk on the left side of the screen you don't yeah. know who it is and then it's like um, what for my man too and then all you see is a hand going to the screen still not showing who that person is right. then she walks back puts the you t- see two hands go on the on the table with the drinks and then later when he's finally able to give her her shot he literally does a head to toe on this character now he, he, he does a close-up of her face then goes all the way down to his foot fetish but, <laughs> but then he does that shot and then he, he makes an excuse for that shot to be there yeah which is like her drink is too close to ro- her his feet, feet yeah. too close to robert Adino's drink mm-hmm. and he goes like fuck this but she's Move touching my drink on the foot and she moves it yeah Fucking genius. Yes. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that it, shit. It all had a reason. And even mm. thinking about to um 
to like say Samuel Jackson Ordell, he's um he's chastising his friends in the house who's like mm-hmm. um well since y'all like to get high all day you know y'all just sit up in the house and get high I I, I wait till I get all of my business done I get high at night yeah <laughs> you know? he's like feeling all good about it you know Samuel uh, Jackson uh, just a quick note about his character mm-hmm. obvious narcissist mm-hmm. obvious personality disorder oh, yeah. like he has to be the smartest person in the room at mm-hmm. all times mm-hmm. he has to be in controls. Yep. And then, but you see him surrounded by people that are like way more passive than him, mm-hmm. and then still working to fucking get his ass out of there. Just like yes. every everyone that Samuel Jackson comes in contact with wants to fuck him up, yes. fuck him over. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> just like you're an idiot, mm-hmm. Aldo. You yeah. should know everyone that you're talking to wants to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's but it's I guess it goes both ways, you know, because the same people that he feels like he's smarter than, he just kills. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 just it's it but it's but um but I was thinking about um but my favorite shot, my favorite right, shot here. Favorite shot. All right, so um we're we're leaving. She she just got back to the house and they're in the dark mm-hmm. and she know she already knows that Beaumont's dead and that Ordell killed Beaumont. Right. So when he goes in there and he turns the lights all the way down mm-hmm. and she's keeping her cool, you know, because she knows what's going on here. She knows that he's about to try to kill her, but she can't let that let on that she knows that. Right. So um she continues to play the game and act like she doesn't know that he's there to kill her until she pulls out her gun. But, be- but before that, before mm-hmm. that, there you're just seeing them standing in the kitchen with his arms around her I mean, with his hands around her neck right. just sitting there having a conversation and then they do a split screen they do a split screen a half screen and they're showing um, Max Cherry in the car smiling driving mm-hmm. back to his house just sitting there driving and smiling and it doesn't make all that much sense until the next day and you realize that he knew that his gun was missing and he was driving back home to go get another gun and he was smiling because he knows that she took his gun and now he gets to see her again right. and it also gives you the information that that but he, the they gun- tell you in that shot that his gun was missing though. Which they, one? They have a in the split screen. Mm-hmm. They have a shot of the glove compartment open, and, and, it's, and it's nothing is in there. Yeah. yeah, and he's going back to go get him himself another gun. Right. But now you have the information that if that gun isn't on the left side of the split screen where he is, it's on the right side of that split screen right. where she is. And now she pulls out the gun. It's like, what the fuck is that? Is that a gun in my dick? <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's there's three there's three things that I appreciated the shot of that shot. Mm-hmm. What you just said, the yeah. split screen. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that we don't see what's happening. Yeah. It's very obscured. Yeah. And then that line of dialogue. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Is that a gun pressed against my, my dick? dick? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tarantino has, there's one thing I love about, Tar- like, young Tarantino, mm. the, the, like the early Tarantino. Yeah. Is that his dialogue complemented what was happening on screen exactly, mm. and what was happening on screen was being complemented by editing. Yeah, it all felt very unified, and it all felt like it was part of something bigger to tell one story. In relation to now, that it all feels kind of very separate, and the elements are kind of thrown in there, mm. but they're not really mashed together. Yeah, uh, I think that's why I stopped liking Tarantino movies as much because there's not that unity between all the elements that make up a film. Yeah. The what what I'm I'm starting to I understand his his stuff a little bit more because you know we were talking about uh, the niggers in blood mm-hmm. and just having such an infatuation with with this stuff mm-hmm. and now it's like for me it's, it's looking like he is just a um, 
how, how do I put it? He, he, he really, he likes things that are justified, justified horrible things. Right. You know, for example, when, um, in the hateful eight mm-hmm. where you have this, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, mm-hmm. who's, um, I forget what she, she done, she's but, getting uh, abused the shit. Out they abuse the shit yeah. out of her, but within a context that he feel is justifiable, right? Not with just her saying, Hey, uh, honey, can you give me something to drink? Shut up, bitch. <laughs> you know, not anything like that. It's like, he feels like the context in which she is being abused is justifiable. Right. It's the same thing with, um, saying nigga mm-hmm. it feels like the context within someone saying nigga is justifiable in this sense it's mm-hmm. not just going around saying hey you're a nigger and you're a bad person like anything like that mm-hmm. you know but well, um, most of the time in, in early tarantino movies when someone says nigga it's, it's usually uh it's usually a black person referring to another black person too it's never like mm-hmm. none of no nope. reservoir dogs no black people and they say nigga all the time that's true that's <laughs> yeah. true all yeah. right no black people in there. No. <laughs> uh-uh. That fucked me up. Yeah. But it's usually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying but it's like but it's like but within the context like for, for him he doesn't feel like those characters were wrong for saying it and, I, and when I first mm-hmm. saw Reservoir Dogs I didn't have a problem with people saying nigga because mm-hmm. I'm like that's the way that you were going to talk if I wasn't watching you right yeah. <laughs> you know so I was like this is the way that they are comfortable speaking in their environment so it's fine and you see like in the one thing I sent you a clip on YouTube mm-hmm. because um, when they're inside the house and they're watching television mm-hmm. it's not like a coincidence the things that are on the television you know exploiting yeah. women in uh, in bikinis with guns and like the name of the show is Women with, women with Guns mm-hmm. and uh, another one is um, there's a woman she's talking to a guy and he's upset that she did something wrong so he has a paper and he slaps her in the face with a paper read the paper pow read the paper pow like three times over mm-hmm. and over so when I go online to go find the scene mm-hmm. and the scene he slaps her one time and yeah. says read the paper but oh he just cut it so it looked like three times over and over and over right. because that's what he wants like he enjoys things like, like that mm-hmm. as long as he feels like there's a way to justify the terribleness that he's showing you right <laughs> you know uh, also that just I, I like the advertising in that shot the like he betrayed the smartest oh. <laughs> guy yeah. read the fucking paper read the paper thing it's kind of like Oh, he's already killed two people. Oh, this motherfucker's dangerous. Jackie Brown should be careful. Yeah. That's kind of like why I, I thought that scene was there. Mm. Kind of like advertising. That's Yeah, that's possible. I mean, yeah, yeah just, just like you were saying with the, um, I think he's smart enough to have a backup plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like with, um, with like, okay, I have a foot fetish, but I can't just have this camera on this lady's foot, you know, without a motivation behind it. And then yeah. you have the cup and, the, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I feel like there's more than one motivation Absolutely. behind his actions. Absolutely. I, I think that's interesting about Tarantino because he definitely seems like the kind of guy that he enjoys her showcasing the horrible things that people can do. Yeah. But he always tries to justify it. He never yeah. does it just to do it. Just He's do always it. justifies it. Yeah. And I think, I think the reason why the saying nigga didn't water me so much in, in Reservoir Dogs yeah. because I felt like it was like right after the 60s mm-hmm. or like late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. so it felt time appropriate felt that that would be the lexicon yeah Um and like in every other movie I've always felt like the character that says it mm-hmm. either has the right to say it mm-hmm. or is justified in saying it because he doesn't give a shit about it yeah yeah. Uh, so uh, Tarantino really does get away with a lot of shit hell yeah he fucking dude I respect that I um something completely different. One of mm-hmm. my favorite lines, well, still the television show that they were watching. Ordell was watching. He was like the AK forty seven, the best there is. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room, except no substitutes. <laughs> also, I really liked uh, most movies, uh, like generic movies. They mm-hmm. give you a 
this is the hero of the movie. This is the bad guy of the movie. And then they spend most of their time with their hero in the movie. Yeah. And just like, and not enough time with the bad guy of the movie to like sell what they're doing. They just kind of have like generic expositional lines and shit. Yeah. yeah. Equal time between Jackie Brown, Max Sherry, and Ordell. Yeah. Equal, equal time. Yes. And you got to see every one of those characters, or maybe not equal time in terms of equal measure, but yeah. equal priority, priority as to what they were in their story. Yeah. So like Jackie Brown and Ordell got the most screen time and the yeah. most line delivery and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Max Sherry was kind of like hanging out in the sidelines, but yeah. that was what Max Sherry was doing yeah. until the very end of the movie where he became a big player. Yeah. So like the fact that all of these like main players are given their equal or their appropriate time in front of the camera mm-hmm. helps them be set up and helps them feel like characters that you enjoy. Yeah. Characters that you want to know what the fuck is happening. Yep. Uh, sort of like the Nito's relationship with Melanie. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of setup to that relationship yeah. and then to the climax of him going like, fuck you and shooting her. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, last night you sent me a text and um, yeah. it was like you were in the middle of the movie and you was like, uh, Lewis and Melanie are going to fuck and then there's going to be an <laughs> issue with that. Somebody's going to get shot. And then I was like, I completely changed the subject as quick as I could. I was like, uh, <laughs> did you know that your flashlight has different settings? <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what's fucking the bad and the like, sad deflect, part about Deflect, deflect, deflect. <laughs> the sad part about that shit, it totally worked i like paused the movie and got up to my room to find my phone so i could check out the flashlight yeah <laughs> i was like fucking deflect 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 <laughs> no but no just, but, but no you were right like they, yeah. they do end up having sex and um which okay another one of my favorite title slates mm-hmm. uh, this is a really nice picture of you i could tell it's japan you want to fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three minutes later, <laughs> yeah. they're fucking fucking right there in the, in the kitchen, <laughs> like just finishing. So, 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 uh, so, Ordell and Lewis, uh, they they're, they're having a conversation after this happens, mm-hmm. and Lewis is like, I, I, I felt strange, you know, like I, I thought she was your girlfriend, and Ordell's like, but but you fucked her anyway, <laughs> and he's like, well, 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 I hope you felt appropriately guilty about it afterwards. He was like, yeah, af- afterwards I did. <laughs> <laughs> And really, that felt like they were friends, yeah. which kind of made the whole thing work for me. Yeah. I really appreciated that these characters, despite the fact that they're horrible people, start feeling like people. Yeah. And I just, uh, it's so good. It was, I, I like the part where um, when they're in the, the bar, Odell mm-hmm. and, um, and Jackie and De Niro, De Niro. They're, they're at the bar and De Niro was just trying to run it through his head, like why uh, Samuel Jackson surrounds himself with the people that he does right. in particular Melanie mm-hmm. who who he just told is trying to double cross him and take his money mm-hmm. and then after all the rationalizations and it, it's not making sense to either one of them mm-hmm. then he just has to reason with him he was like well at least she's white <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that that was like the bottom line it was like oh I have an, uh, an attractive enough white woman that's living in my house and I'll accept that <laughs> you know I'll take it it was I'll like cause it was like I don't understand how you can have somebody living with you that you don't trust it was like well you can't I don't trust Melanie it was I like, know Melanie I know Melanie I trust Melanie to be Melanie I, <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean Danilo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the was such an awkward character that I couldn't help but love him yeah. I just every second he was on camera it was, it was just fucking great yeah yeah uh, there's one thing, okay, so we've talked about a lot about what made the movie great, mm-hmm. but the actual plot of the movie, yeah. Jackie Brown, yep. uh, Odell has 500 mil, 500 million? Uh, he has 500,000 in one 500, location 000. and 500,000 in another location right. in Mexico that they're trying to get. Right, so they're trying to get the 500,000 back to the United States. Yep. So Jackie Brown does this, but Jackie Brown gets arrested by the, by the, the fucking a- uh, ATF. Yeah, ATF, yeah. Uh, and so they set up a sting to get Samuel L. Jackson's money yeah. back into the States and so that the ATF can get it so she can fly and keep working because she doesn't want to lose that shit. Yeah. Right? But then she's like, oh, wait, 
I'm the only one that knows that there's 500,000. Yep. I can just tell everyone that it's 50,000 mm -hmm. and keep 450,000 for, for myself. Yeah. And then that's exactly what she does. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, just yeah. lies to everyone and she goes like, oh, no, it's only 50,000, keeps 450,000 to herself. Yeah. And it, and all of this takes place like in sort of in a frantic scene in the shopping center, yeah. like right where there's like the money exchange for real this time. Yeah. Like Jackie Brown gets there. She tries on a suit. She was like, oh, the suit's nice. Melanie walks in the room. She takes the money and then runs away and she leaves the other 450,000 in a bag yeah. in the thing and then in the fitting room. And then Max Sherry comes yep. in and is like, hey, my wife left that in the fitting room. I think it's mine. And then Max Sherry walks away for $150,000. Yep. Yep. It's like, holy shit, that's genius. Yeah. She just tricked everybody. And that's that's <laughs> what I was getting back to the um, every character believing that it's smarter than, smarter than the other. Right. You know, you get somebody like. Um, so uh, what's what's my guy say? Robert De Niro when they're mm -hmm. like said that when they're at the bar with him and Samuel L. Jackson and he's rationalizing things and that moment if he didn't know beforehand then he knew right there it was like okay I'm smarter than this guy right. he needs this this and this just in order to maintain the level that he's at he's like I'm smarter than this guy and Melanie when they're inside the mall mm -hmm. Melanie and Robert De Niro's character they're in there and Melanie she believes that she's smarter than yep. Samuel L. Jackson and him and she starts antagonizing them as they leave up oh, do you know where we parked it which way do we leave out do you know was it this way was it this yeah, way it oh you can't way? even find the car no wonder you got locked up trying to rob a fucking bank you know like she just believes she's so much smarter than him word. as well I fucking mean it. if you say one more fucking word yeah yeah but and, about that, just shot and, her. and and that and then she dies she believes she's the yeah. smartest person in the room and then she's killed by someone who is smarter than her yep. and the same thing happens with robert de niro he believes that he's like he's already decided i'm smarter than samuel L. jackson and mm -hmm. then he's ultimately killed by him samuel L. jackson he believes i'm smarter than max cherry and mm -hmm. jackie brown yeah. who i'm hired by and he's killed by them yeah. essentially so it's a you chain know. of it's a chain of command really yeah. like a food chain yeah yeah it's like it's, it's, it's just it's, it's like for me it's like i look at it and it's like you really never know where you are on that chain and you shouldn't have the uh the arrogance to believe you're at the top yeah absolutely you know, that's I, I feel like now that you mentioned that i feel like the only character that didn't think she was the smartest person in their room mm -hmm. was jackie brown i think she and max max sure i think yeah. they knew they were the smartest person in that situation yeah and they were able to play the room. Yeah. Which is another thing that I really like about this movie. Every yeah. scene is not just for filler. Every mm -hmm. scene is two characters trying to obviously get something. Yeah. And one of them failing and one of them getting, getting it. Yeah. And so when you have that for every scene, you start wondering, like, who's the real authority in this in this relationship? Mm -hmm. And what's really going to happen near the end? And, and all of that kept happening until the very end where Jackie Brown really did feel like she was the one that had the most authority in all of the movie. Yeah. Because she got everything she wanted. She did. There was another scene that uh, that I liked before we wrap up mm -hmm. is the uh, the Beaumont the the just the 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 sticking on the, on the name Beaumont. So the yeah. first the first time when uh, Samuel Jackson which is talking, Beaumont Beaumont that's the normal <laughs> yeah. pronunciation. But yeah, no, not not in <laughs> and not in uh, black culture. Beaumont, right. <laughs> your name is Bo. <laughs> so uh, so Beaumont, they're uh, they're there. And he's like, um, what, what, did, what does he ask him? They're, they're having like a, a thing about his name. He's like, what, what's his full name? It's like Beaumont. That's all I know. He was like, would you say Beaumont is his first name or his last name? He was like, if I had to guess, I'd say Beaumont is his Christian name. <laughs> <laughs> the they just fuck? had a lot of like really great exchanges yeah. that were just like, they just fit. They just felt good. I think Tarantino, like early Tarantino really is. Like a master dialogue. A dialogue. Uh, an another one is, uh, you, you shot Melanie? Uh, twice. I is she dead? <laughs> is she dead? Yes or no? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Nigga, that ain't no goddamn answer. <laughs> is she dead? Yes <laughs> or no? <laughs> like, pretty much she's dead. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What? You, you had to shoot her? You couldn't just hit the bitch? <laughs> 
<laughs> They're awful people doing awful things, yeah. and it's always funny because of the way that Tarantino presents that dialogue. Yeah. If if someone let's say if J.J. Abrams were to direct the same dialogue, mm. it would probably be viewed as offensive. Yeah. Because they don't have the same aesthetic, they don't have the same style, the same context yeah. that Tarantino does in it. And that's why I love Tarantino. He can get away with saying, no, doing horrible shit. What, what did you think about the death, the death scene of uh, Robert De Niro? Uh, I liked it. I really liked I that liked a lot. It. Here's, I like movies that don't make drama out of people dying. Yeah. I like movies that go like, oh, he's dead now. Just okay, let's just move move on. He's yes. not in the movie anymore. And, and it's like, I like the subtlety of this as opposed, like there's... The, I don't like the in the middle stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. because the subtlety of this, where he shoots him, um, he shoots him in the stomach, and mm-hmm. without any warning at all, and that's like a cliche Tarantino, where something somebody just dies with no warning, it's right. just there. But the difference is, you got like a realistic splatter of blood upon mm-hmm. the window, as opposed to like say a Kill Bill, which I like that the aesthetic in Kill Bill, mm-hmm. towards just but it works just for Kill Bill, for Kill Bill, yeah. <laughs> but then I seen it again in Django, and again in Hateful Eight. It's like, why is there all this unnecessary need for? Wording blood everywhere, like like right. Kill Bill. Yes, do it. That it works for that, mm-hmm. you know. And in this scene, the subtle blood that splashes up upon the the window shield works. But any other context, I'm like, eh, what are you yeah. Doing? It, it really depends on the tone of your movie. If yeah. the tone of uh, Kill Bill works because it's a par- it's kind of like a parody of anime, mm. and it's kind of like uh, a tribute to all the Japanese media that does the same thing. Yeah. So you're like, all right, I get. I it. get that. Yeah. But if if that same level of gore had been in in this movie, it wouldn't have worked. No, it hell just no. Made no sense. No. Yeah. Um. The the other great thing that I liked about uh, the way that Tarantino handled uh, Louis Louis death, Danilo's death. Um, was, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was a really long close-up that was like dollying in on Samuel L. Jackson's face mm-hmm. right before he shot Louis. But he mm. sets up your expectation for him to get shot after that close-up by being dramatic. Yeah. And then he goes like, "It was Jackie Brown." That's that's one of my favorite scenes, and I'm, I'm I guess I'm starting mm-hmm. to your your uh, lingo yeah, is rubbing off on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but this, this this is one of my favorite scenes in this in this movie here. Um, it's just because a lot of times where when you're watching something, the director assumes that you're already ahead of where you right. should be. And it doesn't give the, the, the character time to actually think about it for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just spot of the moment. Oh, we already have everything figured out. And in this, this situation is just there's been a lot of double crossing, triple crossing and a lot of, you know, um, variables in the mm-hmm. scenario to where he can't just instantly. OK, I have it. So you sit there with with Samuel Jackson for a good 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh. For me, it was, it was like a 20 second shot. It, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a good amount of time. And I can't believe we've made it 35 minutes into this and I didn't say the best thing I feel like about this movie. What is the, the best fucking thing about this movie? soundtrack? Soundtrack is really fucking the good. The soundtrack and it, it made me think about like life and how all right, say so it's a scene where somebody just walking down the street and the music is playing mm-hmm. and then they get inside the car and then that's the music that's playing in the car. Yep. You know, like what the fuck were they listening to when they were just walking down the street? It's just music is just happening. Right. And I, I just love how there's this the, the movie is filled, filled with music. Yeah. I love that. And and it's uh, I don't think there's very few instances where the music doesn't start out as practical music. Yeah, yeah. So that's like Jackie Brown in her apartment. She puts a CD on. The mm-hmm. people driving in the car, they always put the music on. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really nice touch. It keeps it, everything it. grounded in reality. And the soundtrack was fucking fantastic. Yes. It was good. Yeah. Uh, do you have any closing words on Jackie Brown? Um, it's, it's a really, really good. I mean, it's out of Tarantino's eight films. Mm-hmm. I mean, four of them are damn near masterpieces. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of them. So... I'm inclined I, to agree. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't like using the word masterpiece a lot, yeah, yeah. 
but eight Tarantino movies, four of them really good, really, almost really close good. to masterpieces. Yeah. Jackie Brown is... It's up there for him. All right, this is going to... My favorite Tarantino movies, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. and uh, what was the other Django? one? Django? No, Django. Uh, Hateful Eight? Inglourious Bastards. Glorious Bastards, those that's are, not those bad. Those are my three movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie Brown. Yep. Uh, it, it went up, I think it's... I might like it more than Pulp Fiction. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. I might like it a little bit more than Pulp Fiction. The only reason I give uh, Pulp Fiction, I put a Pulp Fiction above Jackie Brown, even mm-hmm. though I like the characters in Jackie Brown so much more by far of any movie that he's ever had, those are my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Number two, Reservoir Dogs characters. Of course. But um, those are my favorite characters. But the story is very convoluted and difficult to understand upon your first viewing, mm-hmm. and it only gets easier the more that you watch it. Right. As a Pulp Fiction is very straightforward and easy to understand. I can shut my brain off and be entertained without a single thought. Right. And that's that's the only reason I'm putting that above it, you know, for me, personally. No, no, I feel you, Nolan. Yeah. I think the, the, only, the only reason Jackie Brown makes it above Pulp Fiction for me mm. is because I, I like everything about Pulp Fiction a little bit more than Jackie Brown. Mm. Dialogue, characters, what's happened. Yeah. But Jackie Brown edited so much better. Had a I much better edit. I agree. Yeah. By, by far, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, for editing, Jackie Brown gets pushed uh, right up, right below Reservoir Dogs for me. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's it. It's a fucking That's good it. movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, it. That's what it. do you want us to fucking say? Go fucking watch a movie. It's fucking good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are going to play the little music and we'll be back with television and movie premieres. Yeah. Uh, legitimately, watch Jackie Brown. It's yes. fantastic. And welcome back to television and movie premieres. Chris, do your thing. All right. Uh, first thing we got coming up uh, is going to be the week of Tuesday, October the 4th through Monday, October the 10th. Nice. Uh, first show is The Flash. The, oh, Flash, the Flash is coming back. Yeah. yeah. It oh. was me, Barry. <laughs> I haven't seen a single episode. It's 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 good, it's but really? it's a CW superhero show. Okay. You know exactly what you're going to get when you go into it. Yeah. It's cheese and bad comedy. Most of the time. Uh, yeah, they're coming back to the CW at 8 p.m. on uh, Tuesday, October the 4th. Supergirl. I meant to talk about Supergirl at the intro. Okay. Started watching Supergirl because I made us went into Netflix. What do you think about it? Uh, I hated the first two episodes. Okay. Uh, because they made Supergirl look like a preppy secretary. I didn't mm. know what the fuck she was doing. All right. But as she finds her, the Supergirl identity, I think it's getting a lot better. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's not a bad show. It's pretty okay. good. Okay. But yeah, that's uh, that's the Flash. It's uh, it's a drama on the CW at 8 p.m. Tuesday, October the fourth. Uh, the next thing is going to be uh, the Mindy Project. The Mindy Project. It's that on sounds- uh, Hulu. Uh, they're coming up on like five or six seasons. She had a few seasons on Fox, and then it got canceled. Matter of fact, you'll know her from The Office. She's no. an Indian lady. Her name is oh, Mindy. Oh, Mindy Colleen. I know her. Yeah, yeah she's yep. dope. Yeah, she. Um, but yeah, they they picked her show up on Hulu, so that's coming back on Tuesday, October the fourth. Okay. So we can check that out. The next show is gonna be the v- <laughs> the view. Are you gonna say the view? When I circled this out, for some reason, I just seen presidential debate because yeah. I was gonna watch that. But this is the vice presidential debate. Oh, okay. I don't know who the vice presidential debaters are. It's gonna be Pendle, and I don't know who the fuck is running. With, I don't even know, with man. Hillary. I don't know. Fuck me. <laughs> like, well, that's you know what? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna watch that. You guys don't watch it either. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of sniffling, though. No. Um, the next is going to be uh, Wednesday, October the 5th. Arrow is coming back. Oh, Arrow's coming back. That was the first superhero CW show that I watched. Yeah. I really liked it for the first two seasons. It was good? Yeah, it was really good the first two seasons. First two seasons. I don't and know. Th- then, for me, it kind of got it declined a little because it tried to be like 
I'm that man. Oh, God. Instead of like, hi, I'm Iroh. Yeah. It's just kind of like, where is she? Yeah. And I hated it. It's a, it's a drama coming back Sorry to the CW. Sorry for like totally growling in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for bashing the arrow. But <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck about the arrow either. Shit. But it's, uh, it's uh, coming back to the CW at uh, 8 p.m. Wednesday, October the 5th. Uh, next on the same day, October the 5th, is Expedition Unknown Hunt for the Yeti. Uh, isn't that a travel show? That's a travel show. Yeah, you remember yeah. Our, like on one of our first episodes, they were mm. looking for the damn Bigfoot and the Yeti and the Sasquatch, and they hadn't oh, found they that still haven't found the cunt? They still have not found Shaquille O'Neal. So they're doing... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been almost a year. It has been almost a year. And they still haven't tracked down Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I feel like such an idiot for laughing at the same joke. <laughs> he was just recently inducted to the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, so he's an easy guy to find. Like... like It'd be really funny if the episode started like at the back the Hall of Fame. Yes. We, we found, have found Shaquille O'Neal. We fucking found him, this Yeti Sasquatch Bigfoot motherfucker. He <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> that's Wednesday, October the 5th, um, and that's going to be on the Travel Channel. Uh, the next show is going to be Friday, October the 7th. It's a, um, it's a documentary on Netflix called The 13th. I'm, I'm super interested in this. I've seen like clips on it from, uh, from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the rundown on it. Is opening in select theaters and streaming on Netflix today. Ava's documentary examines the history of racial inequality in the United States. Okay. And I think I've seen a couple trailers for that. Oh, yeah. And even in theaters. Yeah, yeah. It's going to uh, limited release in theaters. That's nice. a Friday, October the 7th on Netflix. Okay. So I encourage everybody to check that out. Uh, and next is going to be Saturday, October the 8th, 35 and single. 35 and single. 35 and single. Sounds like a, that sounds like the... The sadder version of 16 and pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more sad. Like, I, I felt like for the long time, that was going to be my life. And you know what? It probably still will be. Who no, knows? No. <laughs> like, it's I like, always reminds me of a great Louis C.K. joke. It's yeah. like, you know, I might I might do the other half gay. I don't fucking know. I'm yeah, 40. <laughs> I have no idea. Exactly. I have no idea what the future holds. But yeah, I, I might check that out just to like see sad, lonely people that might be me in the future. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you can feel better about it momentarily. Momentarily. And like then go right back now. and wash them and join them as you eat a pint of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> last night. Yeah. I, I was last night on um I was watching some videos like random videos like yeah. not where your normal videos come up and they're kind of PC but maybe mm-hmm. a little bit off like yeah. these videos like or videos you're not supposed to be watching I guess right so so I'm watch I'm watching this video and it's a, a girl like she made like in her twenties midget porn no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a woman like in her twenties it looks like or early twenties and she's on a, a train or a subway and she's eating spaghetti with her hand out of a bag. Out of a pla- there's, there's spaghetti inside it's of a plastic bag. bag. No, just like a like a, a grocery bag, <laughs> like a full th- a, a grocery bag full of spaghetti, and she's like eating it on the train. Like people are just looking at her. Like I wanked it pretty hard at that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was so turned on by this woman <laughs> eating spaghetti with her bare hands in was public she an on the attractive train. Woman, she was mildly attractive. Okay, was the sp- did the spaghetti have sauce in it? It, not like heavy sauce. Just like mildly but soft enough, spaghetti. Uh, yeah, uh, but it had the meat and enough sauce to where it was getting messy on her face. Okay. It was, and she didn't care nothing about it. She, she cared nothing about it. She was like, I'm eating this. I don't have a fork. Like, I'm eating the spaghetti with my hand on the train. So what? What the fuck is she doing with spaghetti in a bag? Yes. The fact that she had no problems with any of that turned me on beyond recognition. <laughs> You don't care that you're eating like a sloppy food in front of people out of a bag with your hands in public. Like, that that was... Mm. 
Listen, all right, power to her. I'm really stuck on how the fuck she ended up with a bag of spaghetti. A bag of spaghetti. Like, that had to be a purpose, a purposeful thing. She had I to mean, walk out of the house with a bag of spaghetti. I mean, you have friends with bags of milk. Because <laughs> <You know, laughs> they're Canadian. <laughs> you know, you know, have a bag of milk. Who wants to tell uh, this lady the correct way? <laughs> excuse me, chef. Can I get a bag of spaghetti, please? Mm. Uh, do, do you mean a pl- No, no, I mean a bag. A bag of spaghetti. A bag of spaghetti. I'm in a rush. <laughs> For the lady that's in a rush, <laughs> bagged fucking spaghetti. Jesus Christ! That's uh, but yeah, that's thirty-five in a single. On uh, I know. All jokes aside, that's pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you know, I guess somebody that that's entertained by a woman eating spaghetti with her bare hands on a train, um, thirty-five in a single might be in your future. Uh, the the, uh, the next show is going to be Sunday, October the 9th. It's a uh, it's a show called Divorce on HBO. God, these are all bummers. Yeah, it is. The, the only reason this even got announced is because it's Sarah Jessica Parker's uh, return to starring in a television show ah. since um, what's the show? Sin City. Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Yeah, Sin City is a movie. Sin City, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, With yeah. Bruce Willis or Kiefer? I think it's that was, that was Bruce. Bruce. That was definitely Bruce. 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 Super, 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 super gay points. If you can name any character from Sex in the City, <sighs> dude, I never watched it. God damn it. Yeah. I only know Sarah Jessica Parker. That, uh, that kind of counts. That yeah. kind of counts. I don't even know her character. Jill? Jill? Sa- no. Samantha, Sabrina? Sa- nope, no, nope, no, Samantha, nope. Samantha? Jill? Samantha, nope, and nope. Katie? Samantha, Christina? Christine? Charlotte. Char- fuck. Samantha? And Charlotte? Not Jill. Uh, the one Kelly. with the red hair. Kelly? No, it's an M. So Martha, Mar- Mar- Mary, Megan, Mar- Swimmy, Swanson. Um, Morty? Sw- <laughs> Morty. Somebody's upset that we're about this right now. <laughs> Just keep it going, Morty. Keep, keep it going. going. But that's a, that's a show called Divorce uh, starring Sarah Jessica Parker. It's a comedy and it's going to be on HBO at 10 p.m. on nice. Sunday, October the 9th. Uh, the next show that's coming up is a show called Insecure. And I, I watched this recently and I really like how HBO is releasing their, their content. Mm-hmm. They'll, uh, they have HBO, HBO Go and HBO Now. Right. HBO Go is, um, you're, you're, you guys are familiar with it, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, but HBO Now is strictly for online content. content. Right. Yeah. So I watched, I watched this show. HBO Go is the app for Xbox and iPads and shit. And yep. HBO Now is like on demand online content. Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, I, I have HBO now, and I was watching Insecure last week because they mm-hmm. release uh, their internet content one week pr- before releasing it on HBO and okay. HBO. Now, yeah. So I've seen the show Insecure. Uh, and so, they are pushing that platform hard. Hell yeah, that, they are they're doing that. And and they need to because I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna be spending however much money it is to have HBO on my television all month when I'm gonna be watching a specific thing. You yeah, know, right there. You know, like I, I have Peasant Vision. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like where where all the peasants are able to watch things for free without paying for it. <laughs> like it's an actual app. You should got, you guys should download that shit. Nice. Um, but yeah, um, Insecure. Uh, she had a show called um, Awkward Black Girl. It was on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's just another thing. Like we were talking last week, I love seeing people that didn't have a backing that was like, I have an idea. This is something that I want to do, and I don't care if anybody backs it or not. And just did it. I'm just gonna do it. I just, she just did it, and then after a few years, like three or four years, her her Awkward Black Girl uh, YouTube show got picked up, and it's on fucking HBO. God damn. Yeah, and I, I guess it's just I just love seeing those kind of stories because mm-hmm. we don't have that kind of backing or recognition or acknowledgement. It's just me and you saying this is what I want to do. Like fuck it, it, and we're yeah. gonna do it. You know. So it is encouraging to see that it does like pay off for some people. Mm-hmm. You know. You so gotta, uh, you gotta go through the grind. You gotta go through it. It it takes years of work to become an overnight success absolutely <laughs> absolutely so much work that's i've heard that before yeah that's a common phrase yeah. like yeah the uh, but uh, insecure is on uh it's a comedy on hbo at 10 30 p.m this sunday at october the 9th please check that out really really good show it 
it really caters to women and their version of relationships. Mm-hmm. I watch a show with my girlfriend. I still have no more deeper of an understanding of women whatsoever. It's still completely crazy to me. <laughs> you know, still completely crazy to me. But uh, but I really love the show. That's really funny because I because I grew up with with woman yeah, all my life. Same. So like I, for some reason I feel like I I, I understand some of the things that, that happen. Yeah. Like I get it. Okay. Uh, and then sometimes some weird bullshit happens, like some tiny thing, mm. and it just sparks a huge fucking thing. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I just wanted nuggets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and suddenly I'm like, in a fight. Yeah. What the fuck's happening? Yes. Like but, the same uh, way. Yeah. I, I I agree. I agree. Like I grew up with women, like predominantly nothing but women. But <laughs> so I I had to understand that they don't think on the same like logical and rational basis, and it's more emotionally based. Yeah. For for them, but some things that like that completely don't make sense, and they're not able to. Uh, explain it to me <laughs> and then i'm just like what the fuck i really i really do it's just a matter of like just different thought processes yeah that's it. definitely so is there anything else from a television I movie i believe that well movies are coming up oh, right. but that movies. might be it for television yeah that's it for television oh sweet all right movies we got a short week in movies this week um the movie that everybody's been talking about um in negative or positive uh the birth of a nation the birth of a nation. Yeah, not the uh, not the original um, yeah. racist one by the white guy. This is the one, not the racist, the rapist one. Is this is a <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Christ. this isn't the one by the racist. This is the one by the rapist. So <laughs> many horrible things <laughs> yeah. in one sentence. Uh, na- Wait, so there's a racist. The racist, there's a rapist. The racist one is a, a birth of a nation. Right. It's the one that was put out in the early fifties, and mm-hmm. it's just um, like a smear campaign about. Is that the black one that Americans. have that have people in blackface? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The and super super racist one. And what is the what's the this one? The, the the birth of a nation was supposed to counteract. That's why it had the same name. That mm-hmm. the racist movie black show. No, there's a other side to this story. You know, mm-hmm. the slaves that were trying to make it out of it. But in the process of him making this movie and in college, him and his writing partner were accused of rape while in college. And um, his friend ended up um, going to jail for this. He was uh, charged with a crime. And uh, Nate Parker, the the head director, head writer, Mm -hmm. he was able to get a plea deal and not have to uh, be guilty for this because his friend took the hit. Huh. And and now people are kind of like saying like like you you're you're not a rapist by semantics. Like you are. You right. participated in this thing that happened and your friend is taking the rap for it and it, it got a lot more attention last year when um it, it got the the most money from Sundance ever. We were talking about it on the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. when they got all that money from Sundance and the lady that was a victim of rape committed suicide. Oh, fuck. Like she committed suicide like shortly after. And it just brought it to a whole nother forefront. And there's a lot of protests from this movie that I'm like, I'm not going to see a movie uh, from a rapist. And then mm. the people that are supporting him was like, I'm, he's not a rapist. What do you mean? The the court documents show that he's not, you know, so it's yeah. just, it's, it's a big thing. And it's, it's with, it's, it goes into me separating art from artists the same mm. way that I had to separate the art from birth of a nation, just being completely racist. And this person's point of view, the same way that I had to separate art from artists, when I watch the Cosby show, mm-hmm. knowing the kind of person that this is. Right. <clears throat> Same way that I have to separate the art from the artist when I listen to Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I have to do that going into the birth of a nation yeah. because this is a very skilled writer and director. And mm-hmm. I still want to absorb um, 
I, you, I, still, I still want you, to. You still want to observe the product that yeah, he makes. Yeah, but I'm not supporting this person yeah. whatsoever or okay. condoning, you know, his actions. Whether or not you you were acquitted or not charged with or anything is just mm-hmm. you're too close to it. And I'm sorry, you're you're just guilty by association in my eyes. Yeah. And maybe that's I'm a bad person for that, but it's that's no, just my thoughts. No, I think it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the next thing, but that's uh, that's coming out this weekend, The Birth of a Nation, starring Nate Parker. I highly encourage us seeing it. I Which, will be by the it. way, has probably one of the coolest posters I've it seen does. in a long time. It does. Like I said, they've put a lot of time and effort and work into this, especially with all the negativity backlash mm-hmm. coming back. They knew they had to try that much harder just to be seen. So right. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Uh, the next thing is uh, The Girl on the Train. Which is a great book. I haven't. I've never heard of I, this. I haven't read it either. But people give a lot of praise to the book. Nice. It's a. Uh, it's it's rated R. It's a, um, uh, the Birth of a Nation is rated R as well. Mm-hmm. It's a 120 minute runtime. Uh, the the Girl on the Train is rated R. 112 minute runtime is listed as a mystery thriller. Yep. A divorce becomes entangled in a missing persons investigation that promises to send shock waves throughout her life. Director Tate Taylor, starring Haley Bennett, Emily Blunt, and Justin Theroux. Emily Blunt. Justin Theroux. Justin Theroux. I fuck with that. I fuck with both of them. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> and lastly, it's going to be Middle School, The Worst Years of My Life. It's a 92-minute runtime as a comedy. Uh, imaginative, quiet teenager uh, Ralph mm-hmm. is tired of his middle school's obsession with the rules at the expense of any and all creativity. Desperate to shake things up, Rafe and his best friends have come up with a plan. Break every single rule in the school and let the students run wild. Director Steve Carr Stars Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls. What? Nice. You know, I can already tell you what the moral of that that movie will be. The middle school is like, be creative, but don't fuck up don't all fuck the up rules. You gotta do. Be you, creative within the rules. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. anarchy in the UK. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that that was it. Yeah, that, that's it. that was a short ass week for movies. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Damn. I guess we're getting near for Oscar season. So it is. It is fucking. Just vomit them out in like the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you guys so much for watching today's episode. Google Play. Uh, Google Play. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Okay. I know. I got you. I, I got, got you. I, got I, mean, you. I, mean, I, I know that's your shit. I know that's, that's your shit. That's your shit. Should, yep, yep. This is my shit. All right. <laughs> I'll fuck that up. I'll fuck that up. together. Thank you guys for watching so much this episode. If you want to find those, you can find those on at underscore FFS podcast on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play Music and SoundCloud on there for film's sake. Quick mention, I know that some of our listeners do the, they stream us from SoundCloud and then they have to go and leave their Wi-Fi zone or whatever. And they can't take us with them because it will charge into the data. If you have an iPhone and you download us on the iTunes podcast app, you can actually physically download the episode into your phone and listen to us on the go without affecting your data charges. And the same thing for Google Play Music if you have an Android phone. If you, have, if you have an iPhone or an Android and you want to listen to us without using your Wi-Fi or data cap, download the actual episode file. You can mm. do that when you subscribe to the podcast. Just click on the episode and say that you wish to download it on your phone and you can listen to us without affecting your data. And then you just delete us on your phone if you want to save memory. Yeah. But uh, we just got a couple of listeners that have been doing that and they haven't been able to listen to us on the go. Because they, they don't want to use up their data or yeah. very limited data. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way you can do it. When you're in Wi-Fi, just download a couple of episodes and listen to us on the go. And then that's it. Hells yeah. Uh, and also, you can find us on Facebook on the For Film's Sake as well. Yeah. Really, anything that will make sense for us to be on Google on the For Film's Sake mm-hmm. thing, and we'll be there. It's going to be there. Yep. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, have a great and fucking lovely one. And watch Jackie Brown. Yes. Do it. 
Boop.